Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to Mizan Sex Scene, the podcast that celebrates the art and craft of writing, directing, and performing sex scenes. I'm your host, Jen Yorokis, Director and Intimacy Coordinator for Film, TV, and Live Performance. On today's podcast, we'll be having an intimate conversation with director Quentin Lee and his work on the short film, Little Love. Interior, bedroom, Andy's home, night. A montage of scenes between a white man and a Latin man in bed. We at first assume that it's Marcus and Raphael. Shots of hands, skin, and sheets. In fact, they are shots of lovemaking scenes of two different couples, Andy and a Hispanic man, and Marcus and Raphael. Heavy breathing, a kiss, another longer kiss. A darker hand caresses a paler, muscled back. A pale hand slowly traces a line from darker neck over chest, his hand lingering. A paler hand traces its way through hair on back of another's head. Sheets tussle over thighs. Raphael's hand slides through Marcus's hair. Marcus takes his hands and places them on his lover's face, concealing his identity. Later, both men are lying in a sea of blankets. This has to stay strictly between us. I know. Fade to interior living room, Andy's home, night. Hi, so we have Quentin Lee with us, director, filmmaker. Um, Quentin, go ahead and introduce yourself and just give us a little background on yourself. Sure, my name is Quentin Lee, and I've, like, I've been making films since I went to UCLA Film School in 1993, and I started with making student short films. And eventually in school, I made a feature film called Shopping for Fangs um, with my friend Justin Lin, and the film went to Toronto International Film Festival in 1997, I believe. And then since then, I've just been making, just been like directing and producing, and I believe that I've made about, I've directed maybe six, seven features now. And then I'm also producing um, quite a bit. I've produced up to about maybe 12 things, 12 features, um, including a TV series. as a stand-up comedy TV series called Comedy Invasion, which was on Hulu. And also Brash Girls Club, which is currently streaming on Tubi TV. And I have a gay stand-up feature coming out called Brash Boys Club. Nice. Okay, yeah, I, want, I wanted to make sure that you pointed that out. So you work across... Um, both sort of sets of, uh, let's call it, uh, sexual expression. You do everything through the LGBTQ community all the way through just heterosexual. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I've done, um, in terms of like, because I started off making my first short film at UCLA was actually involved in sex, a sex sequence. It's called Matricide. It's basically about this young guy who killed his mother on Christmas Eve and, and the attorney is trying to figure out why. He did it. So it's an interview between an attorney, but then it has a flashback of this very powerful sexual sequence between him and his boyfriend. And I thought that was an interesting start because... But before that, I was making a lot of gay experimental films. Mm-hmm. So so I always want to dabble in... I've always been dabbling in, like, you know, um, sex and nudity quite a mm-hmm. bit because I think when I was... Doing, before I went to film school, I was making a lot of experimental films. And, and one of them I made it with my friend... Um, my best friend because they were they were the only people that would come for working with me and she's totally she's an artist so she she wouldn't mind being nude so i remember we shot all the sex sequence of like 
this girl and and also some gay friends of mine. <laughs> I made whoever can strip <laughs> strip. Hey, as and, long as and everyone's be, consenting. Yeah. Good, yeah. So and then what's what's funny about that project? I couldn't even remember the name was it or but. but Somehow the the footage was I was shooting on high eight, mm-hmm. and high eight is like sometimes like this is this sometimes it's sometimes you get the, the footage would get screwed up because there's too much like artifact in it. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the sex sequence was um, was kind of messed up. So I told my friend about it. I was like, oh my god, Dia, we shot all this thing. Oh my god, so I couldn't use it. She said, well, how come? How about I shoot reshoot these sex sequence for you, but with my boyfriend. So she went ahead and we shoot all the sex sequence with her own boyfriend, and basically we we just we totally recasted my gay friend. Uh-huh. But at the end, I still used the old performance after because just the new footage wouldn't somehow we're able to do something to the footage to get out of get rid of the artifacts or something, and I was able to use you know whatever that works. Yeah. Um, so never have to never have to use her own home <laughs> homemade footage. Yeah, whatever she did with it. <laughs> But I, I also I thought also made an experimental video back in the days called um, the 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 anxiety in expression and the other this machine. It's basically a theory a theory a theory whole movie kind of thing. And in there, I have a sex sequence that I shot with my own boyfriend back in mm. um, I don't know in the nineties. Um, so we shot each other ourselves giving having sex with each other, and and I used that footage and intercut with. Um, an intercut with um, traditional porn, gay porn footage mm-hmm. to compare the dynamics between homemade porn versus traditional porn. Right. And I also was in a gay porn back when I was in college, so I also used that footage in that in in this film. I shouldn't mention that title because you don't want to look it up. Okay. <laughs> it's being distributed, well, I, but you wouldn't find it. So I, I, I've done everything. <laughs> to be honest, I've done I've done a lot of sexual situations, and um, so one one of the I, I I had no idea when I asked you because okay, so just to let everybody know, you're also a friend of mine, and we're colleagues. So you know, I I, I reached out to you and I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm starting this podcast, and, and you know, I just want to know if you've, you know, what other films have you shot that I don't know about that have sex scenes in them? Can I interview you? I had no idea as your friend um, how um, uh, experienced you are in in the world of uh, filming bodies, um, having sex, or being nude, and um, I'm, I'm now even more excited to talk to you. So the reason why I thought, <laughs> even when I was really young, I was about 18, 19 or something, when I wanted to become a writer, because I always wanted to write. And I guess I'm still writing a little bit, but more producing and directing. But I, I always thought that in order for me to think freely, you have to deconstruct all the taboos that you had. One was prostitution. The other one was pornography. And so, and another friend said, you got to like, you have to buy sex and sell sex one. So eventually I did buy sex, but not too successful. <laughs> but um, so... I did. I was when I was going when I was going to college. I was really interested in, in prostitution. So actually, was I became I did it for a couple of nights on Polk Street. No way. When I was not a student because when when people were like you stand on the street and sell yourself. One night I went out there just to talk with hustlers. Another night I went out there just to be a hustler, and then and then I had that experience. Then I also answered an ad um, in the back page of I'd say San Francisco Weekly or Bay Area Bay Guardian or something. They were looking for like 
Asian male models for like gay porn. So I applied to one of them, and I actually did um, did a gay Asian porn film. And they, I guess, the producers liked me so much that um, they flew me down to LA. I was going to school at Berkeley then, so they flew me down to LA to um, to, to shoot the cover for the porn. I love it. So I was on that cover too. So I, so having, so later on when I, you know, started making films, you know, um, I'm definitely interested in portraying sexuality because Mm -hmm. being gay and that's something you have to do, right? Is portray queer sexuality. Um, But I also have come with, come to that, telling the actress, saying that, hey, you know what? I've done it. Mm -hmm. And, and having done it, having, being on the other side, I can, I'm. I feel like I make them more comfortable mm-hmm. doing yeah. whatever they feel more comfortable. That it's. I'm. I'm really glad that you're. You're. You're being courageous enough to share this with us because I think. Um, I can only speak from you know my understanding of really North American culture and our relationship to sex, but I. I um, I have a theory that uh, one of the reasons that you know, we as a culture and a filmmaking culture get into so much trouble in sex scenes um, on set professionally is that there's this, there's this secrecy involved in our culture around sex to begin with. You know, it's a very, we, we live in a very puritanical society. We don't like to talk about it. We think if we're talking about it, it somehow means that somebody somewhere is going to get turned on by it. People are not really practiced in the boundaries between flirtation and pursuit and full-on, you know, uh, sex. And and I think other cultures, myself having toured um, as a dancer and choreographer in other cultures, I've noticed that, you know, as a young American girl, I had to relearn some of those boundaries and and understand that not everybody was um, trying to be inappropriate um, in certain situations. So I love that you've sort of deconstructed your own taboos and that you're able to bring that to the table as a director um, and into this conversation as we sort of talk about um, uh, this one film in specific that um, that I just recently watched and read that you had done about really the art of directing um, let's let's use the word intimacy to, to sort of I think because you have such a broad spectrum of things that you have shot I think I can talk to you about things everything from a flirty, flirting scene to um, a full-blown sex scene to somebody just having to be naked and and vulnerable in a space um, so if you don't mind I want to transition to the film that I watched um, that you had directed um, which was Little Love. Yes, Little uh, Love. Short film. Uh, uh, gay male. Gay male. Basically, film. it's a gay male love triangle. Yeah. Um, so how the project came about was that my friend, um, good friend Mike Turner, and his boyfriend Derek Villanueva, and Mike always wanted to write a short film. And uh, it was actually after a film that I directed called The People I've Slept With, um, with Karen Ann Chung and a bunch of uh, Randall Park and really great cast that um, he wanted to make the short film, so he just came came to me with a script. And um, I basically helped him a lot with the script in terms of just putting it in the right format. And But it's really based on his own experience of coming first coming to L.A., having this um, kind of love triangle affair. And so we just 
Yeah, so he wrote it, and then just we made it, and then um, and we casted it because Derek was always going to be part of the deal because you know he's got to play the the young love, and you have these you have an you have his his sort of like sort of kind of married boyfriend, and then but they're both non monogamous, and then you have this new guy coming to LA that you know that he kind of hooked up with um, this kind of married boyfriend. I wouldn't say married, but. In a, in a partnership. In a so partnership. They're, they're, they're in an open, you know, committed relationship that's also open and Yeah. Committed. And I, I realized the film, when they, people, the reaction people first saw the film was like, oh my God, like this is like a 12 minute short film and like six, I think like eight minutes of it was, was, was intimate sequences. And the intimate sequences basically, the intimate sequences, the two of them, one is between the newcomer and the attached boyfriend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other one, it's between the 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 attached boyfriend's kind of like boyfriend going out there and having an open relationship affair with this other young guy, mm-hmm. and it sort of parallels each other. And I think it confuses a lot of people. People didn't know what was going on hmm. as an audience. I think some people were very confused. It's like, what's going on? I didn't quite understand it. So. I thought it was pretty clear, but um, but I think I, I think it it's challenging. I mean, it's it's. I think maybe what people were bumping up against, I'm, and I'm purely hypothesizing here, is that um, there there was such a frankness and casualness about the openness of this relationship, and and in the in the writing, and from my perspective of watching it in the shooting of it. You weren't trying to make a thing that this was. This is a thing. We're gonna point out how how. An open relationship is this special thing. No, in this scenario, it just was. It was. It was what was normal for this particular group of people. Yeah. And maybe that's what was confusing for people because you didn't actually make a thing out of it for them right. to grip their teeth into. Which maybe. is, in some way, it sort of questions because even in an, it sort of questions the fact that even in an open relationship, if your good friends have an affair with your significant other even though you guys were in uh in an open relationship that still matters right Mm -hmm. yeah and you're wondering like well why does it matter why should it matter but it matters to these people exactly exactly and that's what yeah 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 so it's it's like it's not like somebody's doing something wrong per se but it just there is there's still there's still some kind of drama and um and i think in some way that you know that was actually the script was very much based on my friend mike turner's experience early experience coming out to LA mm. so for him I just thought that was the, there's something in there I can't exactly pinpoint but it's kind of like it seems like it shouldn't matter but right. it does right and and it's a lot about jealousy mm-hmm. among friends and I guess just you just kind of have to tell the story as is mm-hmm. without embellishing it too much right and yeah. also but also the sexual sequences have to be positive like has mm-hmm. to be has to be pleasurable. You don't want to make people uncomfortable, right? So, so, so I guess I could talk a little bit about in terms of casting because. Yeah, because I think that's. I mean, okay. So we, you, you looked at the script. You, you kind of knew. You know, you had some parameters around how it was going to be cast based on mm-hmm. who the script came from. So I think yeah, that's the first step in figuring out how am I going to, as a director, create these intimate scenes and moments. Um, that's going to start with who I cast. 
I mean, casting. I think it's almost ninety percent of the battle because、um, the project comes with Derek, and I feel like when we're working on it, Derek is most comfortable because he is connected to the material. Because I think、mm. he even has a hand in writing it. It might be, I don't know. Um, but um, so it was casting someone that who's really comfortable with the material and casting people that completely just walk in.、Um, the the leading man. The leading man,、um, and also the、um, the man who plays Derek's、um, husband, they're both actors.、Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit challenging when we're casting actually at the at the、um, at my friend's place. It's a nice place, but、this、at the same time, you, this was when you could cast in your yeah. House, so you, you don't you, do you, you very early on you just can't say you just have to make sure that people know this is not a casting couch situation, right? Even though nudity is required,、mm-hmm. um, that's the most important thing. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, like you think that well, men don't care about these things. They do. Even for like legitimate actors who are gay, if they see something like that, they just like they say,、mm, I don't know. So so it's getting that message out is very important that you're making a legitimate film with nudity and sex. And if you're not interested in that kind of thing, which a lot of gay even the gay actors they would not. Be interested, and at the end, we didn't actually end up going sack. Is because Derek was in sack, and I think maybe we have gone sack. I don't know.、Um, but but I but know what the leading guy was also not sack,、yeah. and so we didn't have to go sack. And but even more important for you to be really clear up front with people, because at least if you have sack, you have this umbrella of. Some protection and some、yeah. sort of you know person you can go to or institution you can go to in that moment. So even more important if you're doing shooting as a, an artist, you don't have any money, it's low budget. Even more important to be very clear with people. This is what this is.、Mm. I'm being clear with you because I respect you,、mm. and this is what I need to make this movie. If this is not for you. Then you then it's not for you. And yeah,、okay. and basically that、like, you just have to be very upfront. You're saying, hey, we're doing this, we're doing the sequence, and 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 I think you have to tell, you have to break down these sequences, especially doing sexual sequences, just like action sequences that you're mentioning. So I think I storyboarded everything.、Mm-hmm. I have a short list. Like I tell the actor, this is why we're shooting. We're shooting this kissing thing. We're shooting this mock sex. You know, we're shooting different things. All things planned. And also, what's interesting is the the DP is Quinn Tran, and she's gone on to direct. To DP a lot of other stuff, and it's a straight woman that is、um, shooting it.、Mm-hmm. Interesting.、Um, yeah, and so yeah, so it's like if you put everything in a professional environment, there isn't. If everybody knows exactly what's going on, there's not. In, there's not、right. been an issue. Right. You know.、Um, so let's. So so let's. But I, I'll tell you about, some. I'll tell you a very interesting、that. story. Yeah, okay.、Um, so going back to my porno. First porn experience is that where I got cast in this porn and said,、like, "Okay, I'll do it," and I was supposed to be the top because I said I can't be bottom because I I just don't I'm mostly a top. So just to tell you, just to be honest, and the guy said, "Yeah, just just I just want you to, to I don't want you to be too uncomfortable in any scenes, you know, because you are you top bottom because I don't want you to show up and say you can't do this."、Mm-hmm. I said, "Yeah, I'm top." Then he got me this other guy. He's not even Asian. He's like Latino guy, and he's supposed I'm supposed to top him. So the We show up on set. Somehow this guy showed up and says, and and literally the the porn director just had him the enema. I was like, okay, can you get cleaned up? We're gonna start shooting. And the guy said, oh, I need to talk to you. 
then they went off and they came back. Ponder was kind of upset. He's like, "All right, fine. So you guys just do a very hot oral scene, and I don't, you know, whatever. Just, just let's shoot it." So we, I guess, we ended up not having to do a uh, anal sex scene mm-hmm. and just did an oral scene. So, so yeah, but I thought that was very comical. I always thought it was it's the most did comical you ever, thing. Did you, you ever find out like what what they went and whispered about in the? Uh, the guy just says, I'm, "I don't want to do it." Blah blah. So oh, he just changed. Yeah, mind. so he changed his mind, and also I think it wasn't a lot of money. Like maybe it's like a few hundred bucks. Oh, okay. But back in 1990. Yeah, well, you know. 1992, 1989, sorry. Yeah. 1989, 1990, that was, that was you know, a few hundred bucks. It's like, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, two, three thousand, right? Sure, 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 sure. So, okay, um, so let's but the thing is, even in, in that type of, yeah. kind of like, I wouldn't say essential, but very kind of like porn like the what, lowest, what we you know. perceive to be low. Yeah, low, there's low still a lot of consent. Or, or not there's still a lot of consent. Yeah, yeah, there's consent. There's there's an understanding of what's going to be going yeah. on, and there's consent. But that's um, definitely not not no intimate coordinator because you know it's no. it's just it's not like you know somebody show up and the you just hand the act. Oh, here's an enema. Can you just clean yourself out? <laughs> <laughs> that was the first direction. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd want to be an intimacy coordinator. Although I mean I don't know, but um, that's a whole other podcast. Um, but so then let's talk about let's let's go right dive right into in this film that sex scene mm-hmm. um it's after they've dived in the pool um then we go upstairs and mm-hmm. it's it's two couples it's uh-huh. this interwoven two couples uh-huh. um and and the style that you uh decided on for for that sequence a lot of like really beautiful close-ups um mm-hmm. like i never I, I never felt that that even though these people were engaging in this in this very open and and one of them was mm-hmm. I mean te- technically sort of doing something behind the other one's back even mm-hmm. though it was an open situation, there there was there was a question there about whether or not it was okay. Um, I felt that it was like nothing about it was um, gratuitous or um, embarrassing for the actors. I mean, it, it was, it was actually really beautiful and, and yeah, it's really, really, enjoyed it. so can you just talk about your whole process of that particular scene of, yeah. of the choices you made and, and how you got the actors going and into that, that process? It's actually, uh, not as exciting. I mean, the most exciting scenes, <laughs> I would say the most passionate scenes that people actually would have to act, it's just the kissing scenes. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just really just like motions, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and the way that I planned it out is always like, because you know, from my first student film, I did the sex, sex sequence, was I, I always storyboarded everything and making sure the, the audience, the actors know, not the audience, the actors know exactly what you're doing. You know, you're, you're sliding your hand down this back and you're doing this and and everything is so when you're making a film you're not really shooting real sex it's not like pornography you just like people just go in and you shoot it and you cover it and you're really creating a, an experience that you know it's you're trying to tell an intimate kind of like sequence of things and create an intimate experience mm-hmm. with the audience by editing and by by cinematography mm-hmm. so it's so so really if you put it in that light it's it's nothing it's just not even sex anymore. Right. It's just really ex- about executing these shots, you know, because everything's shot out sequence anyway. It's not like, you know, yeah. and it could be even be a little bit tedious and boring, mm-hmm. you know, and because, you know, if you talk about, talk to, you know, Hitchcock always says, like, when you're shooting, it's like, oh, nothing, I'm just executing these shots. That's, but everything is very planned out. So that's what, that's, that's what it is really about. And 
and you don't want to have anything that is like left to accident um, that somebody suddenly feels uncomfortable um, um, yeah so it's, it's about like just really communicating any everything that you want to shoot mm-hmm. to the actor you know mm-hmm. and and, and it's, it just makes sense because even though you're making a, a regular film um, you still have to be very communicative as a director it's not like you're Wong Kar Wai and people shoot the film for two years and, and, and would be so frustrated walk off set because they don't know what they're shooting right. you could be Wong Kar Wai then you can you know if you have right. unlimited you budget yeah. but um, but if you have a limited budget like these you know low budget indie situation you just have to be very clear you just mm-hmm. shoot exactly what you needed and, and you get out and I think that actually helps mm-hmm. with making the talent feel comfortable so so why in the scene okay so we're talking about shooting what you need okay so but why did you make the choice to do everything in these very close-up uh, moments as opposed to, I mean there were a lot of other camera angle choices you could have chosen you could have you know asked the guys to do frontal nudity I mean like so what I'm just curious about your your creative choice process there yeah I mean again like it's shots. like you know I I've just I'm a pretty kind of like a, a student of Hitchcock mm-hmm. in some way that when you look at the shower scene that was one of the most inspiring things was the shower scene was there's not really any the, the knife didn't even touch um, Janet Lee's body, right? Right. It was just all done with sequences. And the, to me, that was what cinema is about. Cinema is about, it's a language, right? In some ways, like putting together these different shots to create an experience. And that's that's what I'm used to doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that there isn't anything that is just like, you know, just one shot or, you know. Um, so I, I really enjoy creating um, an experience out of editing and out of... Um, these little pieces of shots Mm -hmm. and it gives you more control of Mm -hmm. controlling the the pace of the scene Mm -hmm. and also the look of the scene Mm -hmm. and and so i believe we actually shot the same the concept was that we shot the same sex sequence in the same room could it be or use different rooms i can remember but i i remember it was very hot because I don't think we had that that many LEDs then. It was just like hot light, and I yeah. wasn't even in the room. So I just always told my DP, and my DP is actually uh, Quian, likes to shoot stuff on her own. She's like, "Oh, Quian's fine. Just like trust me. It's like uh, you're getting this shot. You want this shot? Okay, I'll shoot it for you. Mm-hmm. You don't have to come in." Mm-hmm. So Do you remember I, what camera you used? Um, yes, it was a. I think it was Quian's camera. It was like um, uh, Panasonic. Uh-huh. HD camera then uh-huh. yeah okay it's funny because that was that movie was actually at the that we shot that that little short film right after we shot the people I've slept with which was the, my short film my first film to be shot on red digital nice and that was red one so it's uh-huh. 1990 no not 2000 uh-huh. six so because before it was, and, and then we shot Little Love not on a red, but on a, on a, on a digital camera. Oh, okay. So it was just right at that digital right transition. That and um, Do you, Now, <clears throat> given, given this like steamy, steamy, steamy sex scene, which I enjoy, mm-hmm. um, my, my other curiosity is how do directors and writers earn that moment? And when I was reading and watching this script, um, I loved this this constant process of teasing and flirting and 
all of these eyes of these men at the pool party mm-hmm. going back and forth with yeah. each other. And so I would, I'd love for you to like talk about that a little bit because I, I feel like the work you did there then made that sex scene pay off and then made the other stuff that happened after the, the, the aftermath of the sex scene um, where, where things get, um, where people get hurt mm-hmm. um, also then paid off for that. But I think it all starts with those opening sequences that you have and, and that you choreograph so beautifully of us as the audience watching all these characters sneak glances at each other. Yeah, thank you for like noticing that because I think that for me, one, it's also quite challenging to shoot a party scene. Mm-hmm. So you really have to plan that out because if you shoot a party scene, just a bunch of people hanging out, you know, what I'm trying to do is in the party scene, I'm trying to through, trying to use the camera and different people's perspective to tell what, how they're related to each other. Mm-hmm. So in order for us to care about whether they're having sex or being intimate or, or later on if they get killed or whatever, you need to be able to build up that relationship with the audience. And I think cinema is a really great way to build that. Because versus like, as you're writing in a novel, you write other thoughts like, well, Jen thought, blah, 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 blah. And then you mm-hmm. kind of get into the mind of the, uh, of the um, characters through the thoughts. But in film, which is a very visual medium, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So all you have is, is visual. But what is visual, most visually telling is who is looking at who. Mm-hmm. Who is looking at who, what are you looking at? So those, through that visual medium, you can really tell the relationship of these different characters and, and, and move the story along. And that's something, again, it's a very Hitchcockian thing. It's, you know, it's also a very Brian De Palma thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think it's what, another sequence that really influenced me was the opening scene of Carrie when she f- discovered her first, um, her first period, right? Yeah. And that scene was just like, you just completely, you, you just, even your opening, you just get right into her head. You know what she's doing. Oh, my God. It's like... There's, you know, there's women, there's nude women around. She's self-conscious of the body. So, so against, like, I, I don't think that sequence was a misogynist sequence. That sequence actually helped us to get into her character, mm-hmm. and 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 talk, tell us how all these other women that come to with a nudity against this girl that is just like, you know, so scared. She doesn't even know what's going on with body, right? And then that's yeah. that for me is a very powerful sequence in the way that it's constructed visually. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot from De Palma that mm-hmm. way. Interesting. Nice. And do you remember um, on that, on those, those opening shots, um, again, like you, you were doing a low budget and I was, and, and it felt like it had some like really great production value too. Like you have this nice down panning shot coming into the, mm-hmm. above the mm-hmm. pool and then coming across and it, it very much echoes him floating in the pool and, and hearing the thought. The I always have a I'm, I'm not a big fan of narration because mm-hmm. um, I, I often find that it's it's used incorrectly or sort of cheaply, um, but, but you kind of created this feeling of being at a pool party of bodies floating around, not just literally floating in the water, but like this idea of these triangles. Of, mm-hmm. of, of that are going to be sex triangles yeah. or past sex I'm triangles. glad you noticed it because people was kept saying like, oh my God, I'm so confused about these story narration because how come like the three characters narrating versus one character narrating? But I think that's the point of it. It's just because it's about these three different individual characters. They have their own thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
and their story coming together, together and being pulled apart again, sadly. Yeah. So that was that was what I was trying to do. But I guess some people just would hard for why three people are talking. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, it also sometimes it depends on the context you're watching it. I mean, I I got to see it as somebody who knows your work and knows you, and also watched it because I have a certain. Um, I have a certain way of looking at film as, as somebody in filmmaking as well, as opposed to if I'm just sitting in um, a theater and I'm watching a slate of 10 short films mm -hmm. in a row, I might be in a different mindset. I might not be um, quite ready to do that. And also maybe it was just, you know, I mean, what year did you shoot this again? Do you remember? It's 2000 and 2007, I think. 2007? 2009, 2008, 2009, yes, I, yeah. I think, you know, I mean, I think... Ten years ago. I think for as progressive thinking as people are in the LGBT community, um, LGBTQ community, um, I, do, I do think that, again, you were, you were sort of just at the time where, where people really started to very openly talk about, you know... Um, uh, different genders and and being able to identify your own version of whatever gender you want and and people started really being very straightforward vocal about it as opposed to just in small intimate groups and I and I think this idea of open relationships is still a taboo even though yeah. people engage in it all the time and I and I think again the way you presented it was just as fact not as a taboo but as this is just the lives of these people mm -hmm. and it's not a big deal mm -hmm. until we get to the right. one character realizing oh wait actually I don't that that's that's something I don't want mm -hmm within this structure of things that are taboo, I still get to draw a line as to where my taboo ends and where it begins. And maybe, I don't know, maybe the audience just wasn't. Yeah, I don't know, but I actually might- They thought they were just gonna watch a fun pool party. But I guess it's fun, it's like, you know, I, I felt like, you know, um, yeah, but I really, it's sort of a companion piece to my feature, The People I've Slept With, actually, because The People I've Slept With is a straight, it's about this girl who, who's been hooking up with too many people and she gets pregnant and she's finding out who's the baby daddy. And it sort of flashes back to those, um, some some of the sexual situations that she was in. Again, it's done in a way that you don't, you've never seen a body part, mm -hmm. you know. Um, where, where does, where, for, and, and let's maybe close on, uh, on some of these thoughts. For you as a director, how, how do you decide? When do you decide? Oh, here I really need to show mm -hmm. a body part. Mm -hmm. And and when do you say to yourself, no, there's another creative way to get at this. I don't need to do that. To be honest, like I've never really feel like you need to show a body part in in. I mean, you don't, you never really need to show it unless this is something that you feel like okay, this is what the art needs, right? I mean, the, the, I mean, again, so you go back to the whole distinction between what is pornography and what is art, mm -hmm. and what is commercial and what is art. Commercial and pornography are very similar. They're there to just sell. Commercial is about selling you, selling you, selling you, get going, get trying to get you to buy something. Mm -hmm. And pornography is about just really trying to get you off, mm -hmm. you know, um, but art is not that. Mm -hmm. Art is about you communicating your, what you really, what you really see to the audience. Mm -hmm. 
right? And the audience have actually no control. You're not serving the audience. But right. both commercials and pornography, you're serving, commercials serving the audience, trying to get you to buy something. Mm-hmm. Or manipulating the audience, right? Mm-hmm. And pornography is really just, you know, trying to get yeah. you off. So it, it is, it is it, both, both genres of media, it's about, it's about, really manipulating the audience and getting them to do whatever they want they, they want you know and but but with art is not art is just really about you trying to communicate to the audience what you want to say mm-hmm. so um so so anything can be art you know but it's just how to as an artist how do you communicate that idea that you want to mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. i mean that's and for you in the, yeah. in the process of commercial filmmaking you've just found that full on full on body parts are are just for you, rarely something rarely you feel something you need to, to continue to tell the story and serve and serve the audience. Yeah. And one one memory I just remember was still powerful that I thought was very interesting. That still it's like in Last One Trier's um um it's kinda like a torture porn movie that he made, um, with Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Rampling. Oh. Um is it called Ecstasy? No. It's called it's one of these it's just a one-word kind of thing, but I just remember that opening sequence of them having sex, and there was just this shot of this penis in this woman's vagina. That that just kind of jumps out at me, but it makes it very memorable. But mm-hmm. I thought that shot was kind of interesting because that body part was just saying, telling you that you know what, get ready. You're not watching something that you're used to watching. Right. So so in in that way, in it that makes way, sense. It made sense, yeah. But so it, it has to make sense. Yeah. It, it really yeah. has to serve the narrative. And, yeah, you know, in a very specific way. You give it's a message. Like almost every shot that you do is these. You know, you're trying to articulate your idea as an mm-hmm. artist, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. how do you articulate that? Whether it's telling the story, whether it's illustrating what the character likes, mm-hmm. you know, or, or, or that's that needs to be part of that to be able yeah. to, and you and and actors are just not anime anime or something you can't just like animate somebody do something you have to tell them and you have to tell them hey you know what were you doing this because of this because just like in anything like you know you walk from this to there why are you doing that you know unless you just want want them to be very uncomfortable doing that walk but you have to explain to them as much as possible um what why are you doing that Mm -hmm. and i think that if they feel like oh okay i get it then they'll do it i think that also, sometimes when you approach actors, I actually just say, oh, you know what? You know, I would do anything as long as you tell me, you, you give me a reason. And, and, and I think that that's actually is encouraging the director to, to think, just basically think about the artistic choice that you make mm-hmm. and communicate that to the actor so that they would be comfortable doing it. I mean, the worst is that you, got, you get back, uh, you know, you know, a sex scene that these people are so uncomfortable being in it, right? Yeah. That's not yeah. that's not sexy. That's not yeah, what you nobody want. Yeah, wants to see that. Yeah. So you want to, yeah. So that's really what it is. It's it's really about because um, you know the the actors are really part of this whole creative process, and they are taking your directions to create something with their performances. Right. So you need to be. They need to and know they're what they're doing. You. Yeah. They're really trusting yeah. you because you're the one who ends up with the footage. You're the one who really dictates how that footage is put together and and what somebody sees and and you can make a great performance bad. You can make a bad performance better. I mean, you have a lot of control after the fact, and and the actors really only have control over 
their emotions and their body and what they're doing in mm -hmm. that space at that time. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's... And also it's, it's just about creating this relationship with the actors that they are comfortable with executing our directions and also improvising. Because I, mm -hmm. I remember like in the... In, the people I slept with, you know, this, you know, the main actress and this actor came back and said, hey, Quentin, we can do, we want to do this. Do you, can you shoot it? I said, sure. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want to do, let's shoot it. You know, it was like, mm -hmm. it was like actually but more, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, whatever they feel more comfortable because you're, you're really creating a space for them to perform and to create as you're creating yeah. your work. And, um, and really it's, it's really a relationship kind of game, yeah. more or less than you just, Try to create a product, yeah. you know. Yeah. So going back to this, this you know, this porn film experience, it's just, it's just <laughs> most hilarious that you show. <laughs> it just gives you an atom. It's like, can you go get cleaned up? <laughs> I'm sure he should win an Oscar for that. Um, on that note, we are going <laughs> to wrap it up. Thank you so much, Quentin, for sharing. I, I really, like, you're, you're just one of the most straightforward, um, genuine humans that I know. And it's just an honor to get to talk to you and work with you. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right.